It has been said that the brain thinks, but the heart knows. Over the last 10 years, my research team and I have gone to great measures to teach people how to sustain both brain and heart coherence. Once you begin to understand the value of how your heart and brain can work together to not only change the health of your body, but to influence your life, it's my hope that you'll begin to apply some of these concepts on a daily basis. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and in the last two episodes, we demystified the mystical into a deep study of the pineal gland and its sacred metabolites that induce a transcendental moment. In this episode, I want to help you understand how your heart dramatically influences your brain and how brain coherence begins to open the door to your heart. Let's first start with how the brain and the heart both become incoherent. If you remember from previous episodes, coherence represents order, rhythm, synchronization. Incoherence is a lack of order or disintegration. Let's start with the brain. When you react to someone or something in your life, you turn on that primitive nervous system called the fight or flight nervous system. When the body and brain become aroused because of the release of these stress hormones, the rush of adrenaline begins to cause us to become more alert and more aware. The arousal causes us to put our attention on our bodies, on all of the elements in our outer environment. And what is our environment made of? People, objects, things and places. And when we're under the gun of these stress hormones, we're preoccupied with time. Now, where you place your attention is where you place your energy. And in a sense, then, all of our attention and energy is invested into this three-dimensional reality, and we have to play by the rules of Newtonian physics. And as you learned, everything takes time to happen in this three-dimensional world. Under these stressed hormones and the arousal of those chemicals, the brain moves into a brainwave state called high beta brainwave patterns. And in this state of survival, we try to control and predict everything in our lives. And in a sense, we shift our attention from one person to another person to another person, to another problem, to another place, to another object or thing. And every one of those elements are already neurologically mapped in our brain. In other words, every person like your boss, your coworkers, your partner, your kids, your cell phone, your computer, where you work, where you live, where you sleep, every one of those elements has a neurological network in your brain. And when the brain is aroused because of those stress hormones, as we shift our attention to each one of those different elements in our external environment, we activate the associated neurological networks. And when that happens, the brain begins to fire incoherently. When your brain is incoherent, you're incoherent. So then, the hormones of stress cause us to narrow our focus on the danger or the element that's causing the stress reaction. And in a sense, we are narrowing our attention on the material world. 
So then we begin to experience separation because our senses fool us into believing that we're separate from everyone and everything in our lives. And because of the arousal of these hormones, we become materialists. And the material world then, under the gun of the fight or flight nervous system, in this state, it's not a time to create. It's not a time to open your heart. It's not a time to learn. It's not a time to communicate. It's not a time to meditate. It's not a time to sit down and be vulnerable. It's a time to run, to fight, or to hide. So then people habituate in this state and they live 70% of the time under the hormones of stress. Now, at the same time, the heart is racing because the person is living in survival. And when the heart is racing, the body is prepared to run, to fight, or to hide. But if you're not running, if you're not fighting, and if you're not hiding or freezing, and you're in a staff meeting or you're in traffic, it's like stepping on the gas pedal as your heart races and stepping on the brake at the exact same time. And when that occurs, when there's incoherence in the brain and the heart, there's less energy in the brain and the heart. Now, every single one of those elements in your external environment is unknown to you because you've experienced them already. And because you've experienced them already, you have a neurological network in the brain. By the same means, if you experienced each one of these elements in your environment, you have a feeling or an emotion associated with them. Now, the stronger the emotion you have to those different elements in your external environment, the more you pay attention to them. So if where you place your attention is where you place your energy, you are giving your vital life force and your power away to all of those elements in your external environment. And in a sense, we have no energy in our inner world for thoughts and feelings to create anything new in our life if all of our attention is on everything known. And over time, we begin to create a connection energetically with everything known in our past present reality and they're predicting their future based on the past and they can't relax into the present moment. If you remember from previous episodes, we have this invisible field of vital life force surrounding us, this invisible field of light and information. And as we respond to some stressor in our lives, we draw from this invisible field of energy and we begin to turn it into chemistry and the field around our body shrinks come more matter and less energy, more particle and less wave. And now we are forcing, controlling, predicting, fighting for, manipulating outcomes, competing for them because we're matter trying to change matter. The brain stays highly aroused in those high beta brainwave patterns and the person has an incoherent brain. And now they are disconnected from their dreams they're disconnected from everyone and everything in their life, and they're relying on something outside of them to take away those feelings that are created inside of them. And if they're waiting for something to change in their life, then they're not creating anything new in their life. Let's talk about the effects of incoherence. When you have two waves that are coming together, and those waves are incoherent or not synchronized, when they begin to interact or interfere with one another, they begin to create a change in energy. 
In other words, when waves are out of sync or out of order and they begin to interfere, we begin to diminish the amount of energy in the brain and in the heart. When waves are coherent and they're synchronized, as they begin to interfere with one another, over time, they will begin to create bigger waves. The more synchronized the brain is, the more coherent it is, the more coherent the heart is, the higher the amplitudes, the higher the energy in the brain and the heart. So it makes sense then when there's incoherence in the brain and when there's incoherence in the heart, there's less energy in the brain and the heart. The more coherence that's created in the brain and the heart, the more energy we have in the heart. We started to investigate these principles to see if we would be able to create more brain coherence in heart coherence and measure those changes that could take place. So then if a person's living addicted to the hormones of stress and they are narrowing their focus on everything material, that's called a convergent focus. That's when we narrow our focus on the material world and people habituate and get stuck in the state. So we thought, what if we taught people how to go from a narrow focus, focusing on the material world, to a broad focus or to an open focus, or what's called the divergent focus? Divergent focus instead of a convergent focus, taking your attention off the material world and putting your attention on nothing material, putting your attention on energy and frequency. Would it begin to change the way the brain functioned? And in a sense, that became the formula for us to begin to record high amounts of brain coherence. And the process is very simple. You ask the person to close their eyes, to take a few breaths, to relax their body. And all of a sudden, I ask them to sense the space on both sides of them. And how far can their awareness go into that endless space? To sense the infinite black space out in front of them giving it depth and becoming aware that there's infinite space behind them. And as they take their attention off the material world and begin to put their attention on that field of energy or information, by opening their focus and beginning to sense space, they're no longer analyzing and thinking. And because they're no longer analyzing and thinking, they're no longer activating those circuits in their brain that are connected to everything known. And as they're closing their eyes and sitting still in the meditative state, over time, they forget that they have a body. They forget that they are connected to people in their lives. They're no longer thinking about their cell phone, or their car, or their computer. They're not even aware of where they're sitting, where they need to go, where they sleep, where they work, and they literally lose track of time and space. And this is where they fall into the sweet spot of the generous present moment. When it's done properly, if you're no longer activating these circuits in the brain and you're no longer analyzing and thinking, we begin to slow our brain waves down from those beta brainwave states into alpha and we begin to cross that analytical mind. We're not just looking for any type of alpha. We started noticing that the brain started getting very organized and very coherent, a very coherent form of alpha. And if the person was capable of continuously relaxing and falling further into the present moment, all of a sudden their brainwaves move into a coherent theta brainwave state. And in theta now, 
there's very little activity in the neocortex. The seat of your identity, the seat of the known self, and all of a sudden, we disconnect from our body, our environment, and time, and we become nobody. No one, no thing, nowhere, and no time. And that is the moment we become pure consciousness. Remember, coherence is order. If we're measuring 19 different compartments of the brain, and each one of those waves are synchronized and organized, and the valleys line up with the hills, we could say that the entire brain is coherent. When you have 19 compartments of the brain and they're not synchronized and some are firing out of order, if we were to measure those heights and peaks and valleys, it would no longer be organized and that would be incoherent. Take a look at this brain scan. This is called the strip chart and we're measuring 19 different compartments of the brain. And you can see the person's in a low beta brainwave pattern. Now we ask them, to open their focus. We ask them to begin to connect to that unified field and put their attention on nothing. And as their brain begins to slow down and they shift from beta to alpha, take a look at the amount of coherence that's taking place in this person's brain. You can begin to see that all of those 19 different compartments are on the same rhythm. They're on the same beat. The entire brain is phased synchronized. Here's another person. Take a look at their brain when they open their focus and they put their attention on nothing. The entire brain is phased synchronized into an alpha brainwave pattern. And this is a high amount of coherence. Now remember, the higher the coherence, the higher the energy in the brain. Take a look at this brain. Another example where the brain is completely synchronized. Every single compartment of the brain is on the same channel and the brain is functioning in a more holistic, organized, integrated state. Now, in this brain scan, we can see a person now in theta brainwave patterns. This is the state where the body is falling asleep or resting and the mind is awake. And this is when the person has completely switched off the sympathetic nervous system. And now they're functioning in a very slow state of the parasympathetic nervous system. And this is where regeneration, growth and repair begin to happen because now the person is conscious in their subconscious mind. They are connected to their autonomic nervous system because they've gotten beyond their consciousness mind in high beta brainwave patterns and now they're in the operating system where they can begin to make the most important changes. Let's talk about how we create heart coherence. When a person is living in stress and they're out of balance, their heart is always racing a little bit and over time people begin to condition their heart to race like that all the time. And if you keep creating that kind of incoherence in the heart, where it's no longer beating in a rhythmic fashion, the disintegration of the interference of those individual frequencies diminishes energy in the heart. And now we stop trusting ourselves. We stop trusting in our future. And the heart is the creative center. The heart represents the union of polarity, the union of duality, the union of opposites. This is where our divinity begins. If you can teach a person how to open their focus and begin to become nobody, no one, no thing, nowhere, and no time, 
and begin to open up into that blackness, that quantum field where there's nothing physical. And out of all the things they can put their attention on, instead of putting it on their cell phone or their Facebook or their coworkers or their boss or their ex or the problems in their lives, they're taking all of their attention and placing it on their heart. And where you place your attention is where you place your energy. And in a sense, you are putting attention and giving your heart life, the very life force it needs to begin to bloom like a flower. So as you rest your attention in your heart and you're able to keep your attention there, the next step is to slow your breathing down. And then you breathe in and out of your heart. And what you're doing is you're working with your body so that it feels safe enough to relax into the present moment and switch from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system. And of course, if a person is aroused constantly, it's going to take some practice to begin to do this. And as you begin to breathe in and out of your heart slower, and deeper and more relaxed, as your breathing slows down, your brain waves slow down, and now the person now is starting to slip right into the autonomic nervous system and into the operating system. Now, let's trade the emotions of guilt, of shame, of unworthiness, of pain, of suffering, of anger, of fear, of, of hostility, of judgment, of envy, for heart-centered, elevated emotion. And as you breathe, give yourself permission to begin to feel gratitude, appreciation, begin to feel thankfulness, a love for life, a joy for existence, but doing that independent of any condition in your external environment. In other words, so many people are conditioned into believing they need a reason for gratitude. They need a reason for joy. They need a reason to feel love. They need something outside of them to create that emotion inside of them. And here, we're doing the exact opposite. We're beginning to open our hearts and begin to put energy in there. And as we begin to breathe and feel these elevated emotions, all of a sudden, the heart starts to become more coherent. And like dropping pebble in very still water, pebble after pebble after pebble in a very rhythmic fashion, all of a sudden, the heart begins to produce an ambient magnetic field that can be up to three meters wide. And now like beating a great drum, frequency that's being created from the heart, that frequency can carry information. And now the person, once energy moves into their heart, they're in the perfect state to create in. In other words, once this creative center opens up, and once it begins to become more coherent, not only are you producing that magnetic field that's beginning to spread out from your body, you're becoming more energy and less matter, more wave and less particle. You'll begin to feel like you're connected to something greater. And when your heart is open, you're no longer experiencing lack, polarity, separation, or duality. You feel connected. Your body begins to believe when you train your heart that your future is actually happening in the present moment because you're experiencing the emotion of your future before it happens. You can place the thought of your new life, your new job, your new relationship, your healing, the new opportunity in your life. That energy can carry the thought of your future. The energy of suffering, the energy of guilt cannot carry the thought of your healing. It cannot carry the thought of your abundance. 
that frequency of suffering carries a different set of thoughts. And now, once the heart is open, it immediately begins to influence the brain. As the heart becomes more coherent and there's more energy in the heart, it automatically begins to amplify energy into the brain. And now we have more energy in the brain, and when that occurs, we start thinking with a different level of awareness, a different set of thoughts, a different consciousness that's equal to those emotional states. In other words, the moment you feel unlimited, you're going to think unlimited thoughts. The moment you feel worthy, you are going to think different thoughts. And those thoughts are going to begin to make more chemicals for you to feel more heart coherence. And when you feel that more heart coherence, your brain's going to check in with your body and it's going to generate more corresponding thoughts. And in time, you'll begin to change your state of being. When people can sustain heart coherence just for a short amount of time, there's a resetting that takes place in the baseline of trauma. When people have traumatic events in their life that are shocking, that are related to betrayal or loss, we begin to become branded emotionally and that trauma stays right in the survival center of the brain called the amygdala. But as we begin to reset our inner state and we begin to self-regulate, when the heart begins to open up and energy moves to the brain, there are fibers that run right up to the amygdala that begin to reset the baseline of trauma. In a matter of moments, the person starts to feel more like themselves. Now take a look at what heart coherence and incoherence looks like. If you look at the top graph, this is a person who's feeling frustration, anxiety, impatience, fear, and you can see that the heart is completely out of rhythm. Take a look at the second graph when the person is feeling an elevated emotion like gratitude or appreciation or kindness or care. Look at the amount of coherence or rhythm or order that's taking place in the heart. Now, elevated emotions like gratitude, love, joy, inspiration, peace, wholeness, trust, knowingness, patience, empowerment are selfless emotions that tend to open the heart. The survival emotions that we've been talking about over the last several episodes are related to those emotions of guilt and shame and unworthiness and anger and fear. They have nothing to do with heart-centered emotions. So then what if then the heart begins to become more coherent and it begins to send energy up to the brain through these fibers called afferent fibers. The vagus nerve, the primary nerve that's dominant in the parasympathetic nervous system, begins to reset the baseline of the brain and when the heart becomes coherent, the brain becomes coherent. And when the brain starts to become coherent, the heart becomes coherent. How do we know that? Because when we look at a brain scan, and we see a person beginning to become more orderly in their brain. We see the front of the brain beginning to resonate with the back of the brain. We see different communities of neurological networks beginning to form larger communities, and they begin to oscillate and resonate. And all of a sudden, you see the left side of the brain talking to the right side of the brain. And if the person is connecting to that unified field, the signature of order and unity is beginning to become entrained in the nervous system, when this occurs, when you see the union of opposites, the union of polarity, the union of duality, all of a sudden when those two hemispheres come together and there's that psychic union, 
in that moment when the person feels whole, the heart begins to function more coherently. So then a coherent brain begins to produce a coherent heart. And a coherent heart amplifies energy and creates a coherent brain. So take a look at this person right here. Each one of these individual squares, these individual blocks, represent five minutes. And this is a person in a meditation, and we're asking that person to begin to elevate their emotional state. And for a little over 50 minutes, you can see from this graph that they're sustaining an extended period of time of heart coherence. Now, take a look at this last period of heart coherence. Now, this is the interesting thing. This person was not in a meditation when she was experiencing this level of heart coherence. And I asked her, what were you doing? She said, I was finishing uh, my day, I was unpacking, it was eight o'clock at night, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I felt this incredible feeling of love take over me. She said it was so intense, it was so powerful, that she had to lay on her back in bed and just surrender to the feeling. And for over an hour, she's relaxing into love. And 1,400 to 1,300 different chemicals are released in this state that begin to restore and repair the body. Now, we all know what a panic attack is. When a person keeps selecting the worst case scenario in their mind, and they begin to become so preoccupied with that probable outcome that they start to feel the emotions before it happens, they're combining an image or a thought with a feeling and an emotion. And over time, they're conditioning the body to become the mind of fear. And if they do that enough times, the body is going to have a panic attack. Try as they may to control it with their conscious mind, they can't because they programmed it subconsciously. Now take a look at this. Three people sustaining heart coherence for 45 minutes. These people are developing the skill of self-regulation. And I want them to be able to do it with their eyes open as well as their eyes closed. They should be able to do it in their life. And they should be able to notice when they lose that feeling from their heart. And they should be able to excuse themselves from their day or from certain conditions and begin to recalibrate and begin to open their heart again. And in time then, they're gonna become less reactionary to everyone and everything in their lives. And if they're not reacting, then they're no longer living in stress. And now the body can begin to regenerate and repair itself because it's now no longer living in emergency mode. Now, take a look at these people. This is a person with really weak heart, very little variability. And take a look, for a little over 15 minutes, this person is able to sustain heart coherence. For another eight minutes or so, they're able to do it again. And to me, this is the beginning of a person changing their biology. Another person, very weak heart, for about six minutes, they're able to create heart coherence. And again, for about seven or eight minutes, they're able to do it again. And if they keep practicing this, they're going to change their biology and begin to make it a skill. Now, what is the significance of creating brain and heart coherence? Think about it. When you create heart coherence, you're emitting 
a measurable magnetic field. When you're creating brain coherence, you can put a thought or intent on that frequency. And when you do it properly now, you are broadcasting a very coherent signature of electromagnetism all around you. Once you create a coherent signature in the brain and the heart, now, like a laser, you can begin to decode information in the field. And being able to control those frequencies or your awareness in connecting to those frequencies, now it's like having a Wi-Fi signal where you can connect to energy and information. When the brain is incoherent, when the heart is incoherent, we experience separation and we have a poor signal so we can't connect to the field to create from. And as the person begins to trade those survival emotions like anger and fear or pain for elevated emotions like gratitude, joy, and love, and they overcome the emotions that keep them bound to their past present reality, and there's no longer a vibrational match between anyone or anything in their life, all of a sudden, as they overcome the emotions, they're gonna take their attention off the person or problem. And now they're gonna begin to weaken the energetic bonds with their past, present reality. And in a sense, if they're no longer feeling those emotions, and they're no longer thinking about that person or problem, they are taking their power back, and they begin to build their own electromagnetic field. And now, they have energy to heal. Now they have energy to create a new future with, and now they're creating no longer from lack or separation, they're creating from wholeness or oneness. In other words, when they create, they feel like it's already happening. And so then when we get up from our meditations in this creative state, as long as we're feeling the emotions of our future in our heart, we're no longer looking for when it's gonna happen or why it's gonna happen, because you feel like it's already happened and you are connected to the energy of your future. And when we lose the energy of our future and we disconnect from it, now we're back to the energy of our past and don't expect anything to change in your life. So it's not enough to just do this in your meditation. We have to sustain this modified state of mind and body our entire day. So that when there's a vibrational match between your energy and some future potential that already exists in the quantum field, and you're creating from the field instead of from matter, now we no longer have to go anywhere to get it. We will begin to collapse time and space and draw the experience to us. And now we'll begin to believe that we're more of the creators of our lives instead of the victim of our lives. Now that I've shown you how to create heart and brain coherence, it's my wish that you'll use this information to synchronize your mind as well as your heart to better manage your energy. In the next episode, we're going to discuss one of our community's favorite meditations. It's called the Blessing of the Energy Centers. This meditation in particular has healed a host of many different health conditions, from brain tumors to asthma to thyroid conditions to prostate issues to vertigo to depression, just to name a few. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Dispenza for Rewired, and I hope to see you in the next episode where we go beyond the ordinary into the extraordinary. <laughs>